right, we're back on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show podcast with Travis Cunningham, myself, Jonathan Howe, and it is episode 24, which uh, my favorite number, a number that I can easily think of a driver that, that drove the 24, but uh, never on, well, I guess the prelude to the dream. I think that was the only time he ever actually ran a 24 on dirt for Jeff Gordon, but locally, who do you think of when you think of 24s? I had a hard time thinking of one, I'm not going to lie, but he didn't race this year, but Randy Drew, for me. Also used yeah. to work at PRP, so my boy G Spot, Randy Drew. I was thinking of that, uh, and uh, the other one that came to mind for me, Cameron Lane. That's the other Cameron one. Cameron Lane me runs too. the twenty four. See, yeah, yep. I'm sure, I'm missing some people uh, back in the day. I'm not up on the back in the day stuff. I'm kind of surprised there's not more. I thought of a one twenty four, but like, we're going to save him for episode one twenty four because we'll be there. Yeah, episodes. exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised there's not more 24s. Like, he, you know, Gordon was a pretty influential guy on young racers. I'm surprised nobody's, like, wanted to take that car and run with it locally, but. Yeah, like I said, I'm sure there's some we're missing, but maybe not. There's got to be somebody, but. None of them really jump out, that's for yeah. sure. Not a modified, for sure. No. Like I say, Lane Sportsman. But, anyway. uh, yeah, yeah. Let us know well, any more 24s with, uh, locally. The, Oh yeah, listeners, always uh, open to listening. Yeah, I'm always open to uh, suggestions. Because uh, I love stats like that. I'm weird for sh- stuff like that. Yeah, some good uh, number stuff like that. Uh, me too. I I love a good uh, numerology. Yeah, totally geek out for and that. So you run stuff. ninety, but if you're gonna ge- if you're gonna run any other number, what number would you pick? Oh man, I don't know. 61 is always my another one. My dad ran a number 29 car as well. It's probably something like that. 61 for Richie Evans. I think he's the best racer of all time. Nice. I uh, see. I would go, I'd be tempted to go 94 for my birth year. And there's not too many 94s when I think of it. Uh, the only one like stock car racing wise, I can think of Bill Elliott for a bit ran a 94. But like, there's, mm-hmm. there's nobody really locally. I don't, is there a 94 locally? I don't think so. Stan's anchor side. Just yeah, even okay. out for a while. Yep. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Anyway. And then, and then I would pick, or I'd pick nine because my last name's Howe, so gotta go with Gordy. Uh, yeah. Nine so Humberstone Speedway. Car. Yeah, Humberstone. That's a Let's great number. Great number. Mm-hmm. Humberstone Speedway. Ever, number nine. Nice. And now you're ninety. I like how it's progressed. Mm-hmm. Humberstone Speedway. That was the final event of the year. Uh, it feels weird. I think I'm trying to avoid talking about it because I don't want to talk about the fact that we're done here locally in Southern Ontario with racing for kind of for the most part uh i know humberstone still got the eve of destruction that is scheduled to go off but uh in terms of actual racing we are pretty pretty much wrapped up like that this is it this is uh all she wrote on what was a crazy season and it was a good two nights of racing uh particular friday night was amazing to uh to take in uh yeah. and we were a part of both nights yeah friday night was definitely the best track i've ever been on there like it's my favorite kind of conditions where it's hammered down in hot laps and then by the heat, it's a little blown off and you got to pedal it a little bit more, but there's still a little bit of bite, and, but it offers passing. And then yeah. by the feature, it's pretty blown off and there's lots of passing and like Polly passed a lot of cars. Polly was the one doing a lot of the passing, but uh, yeah, Friday night was definitely my favorite night and I finished eighth, started 12th, battling with Chuck Heating. Like the, the fields that were there was insane, like 20 of us or even more than that of the cars that showed up could easily have won that race. If, if your night went that way, like it turned into a draw fest, like I kind of predicted a little bit because the heats yep. were kind of just with all that. Everyone's so f- the same speed. So it's just, yep. 
so critical these days. I've been saying that all year, every class, same stuff, everyone same speed. Yep. Me. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it was pretty impressive to watch. I thought even though again, uh passing was at a premium with such a fast racetrack, but it was definitely good battles, good intense intensity all uh night long. Um watching Polly come through, uh I mean like he only was in he only had to go through two cars, but to watch him and the way he was able to negotiate lap traffic was pretty impressive stuff. Um Polly and Polly Giovanni wins the Friday night feature over Mitch Brown, DJ Christie, Nick Sheridan, and Matt Farnham. I want to give a shout out to DJ Christie in that zero J car racing for uh, uh, Glenn Styers. Brings it home third. Pretty, pretty impressive stuff from DJ. Yeah, he definitely got a good opportunity there and uh, won his heat by almost a track. It seemed like he was Gonzo mm-hmm. running the top. And uh, yeah, definitely didn't waste his opportunity in that zero car. So. Uh, sure he's hoping that leads something else because uh he definitely showed he could do it not that we didn't know that anybody yeah. won two races last year yeah exactly just needs that one consistent yeah. drive right and so um that was the 360s friday night um like i say you brought home, brought home eighth good night for you uh over on the street stock side craig hanley drives up from 11th to take the win over zach bleach dave bailey ryan beagle and ken Sargent. yeah was that the night there were four wide coming to the checkers? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. It was pretty close to it. Um, yeah. Because I think the other night, if I remember correctly, was a two-lap shootout between Beagle and somebody, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, Friday night there were four wide coming to the win. Handley got the win, yeah. Yeah. For sure, coming off two, there were four wide. Craziness. Insane. That's just the track Friday night. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah, just such a quality quality uh quality night of racing that friday night was um over on the uh the wing crate sprints side the action sprint tour uh jacob dykstra gets the win local boy wins it in port colburn over mike bowman darren dryden lance erskine tyler palace except upon further review we've got a tie yeah a tie dykstra and bowman cross the stripe with the like Photo finish, neck and neck, completely down to the wire. Initially, I think it was ruled that Dykstra got the win. Um, there's definitely an argument to be made that Bowman probably deserved the win, but in the end, they end up splitting it. So tell me what you think of that one. And uh, Have you ever seen a tie in racing? Whew. Yeah, I think uh, one's happened for sure at Merrittville. Like I thought of, I heard of some another one happening. Wasn't it this year or last year? Yeah, I, but I know for sure, like uh, about 10 years ago, Bill Willard was in one. In the sportsman for sure. That was like two thousand five, four ish. Like I know that one for sure. And I one other one rings my bell, and then this one with Dykstra and Bowman. It was. It, I just can't think of the other second one. I know there is. I I feel like I may have called it. Maybe I was the one who called the one at Maryland. I think you're right. I know. I feel like it should. Because I remember more, but... saying that Willard was in one for sure. I remember telling you. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Dykstra and Bowman. Uh, yeah. They both, yeah. Mike definitely showed what he thought about it on Facebook. So yeah, he was mad. Definitely thought there should have been a yellow thrown. It's and, so uh, hard. Doug Leonard wasn't in the booth that night, so you're like dealing with a new race director. Not that he's a bad one. Joe Scott Nicky. He's not like no rookie there, but like not the guy you're used to. And so yeah, he didn't throw the LA race to the line. And uh, then there's another controversy. Like the pitcher kind of shows Dykstra maybe just a smidge ahead. But that was like Callan was at from a different angle, right? He wasn't head on to the line. And then where's the transponder line in the track? I know Merrittville is back a little bit from the actual starter stand. So where is it at Humberstone? Who knows? I know I 
I, I don't know where it is on Umberstone, if it's lined up with the flag or not. So there's just so many angles to it. But anyway, they tied. And there you go. It's for me, I was watching it live. And I thought, based on the camera, that Dykstra won it. And I was immediately, not pissed off, but I immediately was like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Because Bowman like had to lift like he had somebody spin right in front of him and uh you know i also think though that bowman could have got maybe i don't say he could have got back to the gas more but if you want like watching it live my thought was okay bowman you got around the accident just hammer down and you might have nosed the head there because dykstra was round up yeah, full song it's, it's so tough right um i also can 100 percent. it's hard to say doug leonard might not have thrown the caution there either because like he's known for holding the caution as well so Doug probably might not have thrown it there. Either. Who knows? It didn't get thrown. It's ended up with a tie. It's what I was thinking too. I was like, just because I, I don't, we've seen Doug maybe let some stuff go, or at least the driver have a chance. The drivers have a chance. The field have a chance to work around things. So again, it, it's tough. I'm glad that Bowman at least, <laughs> I'm glad he yeah. at least tied. So he doesn't have to sit here and say that he completely lost the race, but it definitely was, uh, definitely a bummer um for bowman who probably had that thing won uh without the spin but heck of a race regardless and a really unique moment to get a tie there uh and uh, i would say mike uh definitely got the better of it uh the next night so that's kind of all that mattered for him uh and then also on that night the sportsman justin sharp in the 8s brings it home in first after starting eighth adam leslie comes up one spot short again, second. <laughs> I think that's going into, or after that, that was what, three or four seconds in a row in the last few sportsman events that yeah. Leslie was in. So, um, <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, right. We'll have an update on Adam <laughs> uh, in just a couple yeah. moments. But uh, Leslie finishes second. Jordan Costco with a great third-place finish. Uh, Billy Bleach Jr. fourth, and Nelson Mason uh, brings it home fifth. That was a very quality top five once again from the sportsman on a friday night yeah no doubt about it i definitely shout out to costco old brp front boy top three mm -hmm. also his friend up there tyler pachelski led early laps and uh was running second or third or whatever it was and then his motor expired and like tyler says that never happens when you're bombing around in 17th wishing you weren't even out there always happens when you got a fast car yeah. and you're up front so yeah lost the motor in the seven. 1721 p and uh, so tough break yeah. for tyler and a good run for jordan and who won again silly me uh Justin Sharp. yeah that's what i wanted to say about him yeah, yeah. it's because we've been saying he's gonna win all year and then he finally does it yeah last opportunity out too right basically and uh Second gets last. it done around Second here last. yeah exactly so it was like we, you had too. to get out there had to get it out there yeah. just get that win uh somebody who's really had a, a pretty hot uh end to the season over in the mini stock side anthony kelly gets the win again so that's back-to-back -back wins in the 12 junior for anthony kelly at humberstone wins it over cole hardy kyle rothwell tyler lafonazy and dylan bonner i don't know what his celebration was like uh friday night but when he won that p costco memorial it was like lights out celebration best i've ever seen guy was so definitely excited about anthony the, the kid is the most excited kid i've ever seen yeah. And to just come out and win races like that, uh, yeah. What else you got to say? It. Definitely got to appreciate his uh, his winning mentality and his uh, enjoyment of winning. Um, we'll start in kind of reverse order. 
The other part I like about that car is the sun faded graphics because it's been sitting on the driveway clearly for yeah. a while where they weren't racing it. And like the whole back of the car is sun faded. And I think it's funny looking to come up with something like that and just spank everybody. Yeah, exactly. So, right. I think that's funny. Yeah. They uh, haven't really seen much of the Kellys this year, but glad that when they did come out, they were competitive. Good to see for them. And uh, hopefully they can put it together for a full season next year. And uh, yep. Hopefully pick up where they left off because, man, Anthony is rolling right now. Um, Saturday night. Uh, we got to get to some championships, so we'll save that for a second. We'll save those. But we'll start with the late models. Andrew Hennessy gets the win in um, a fairly clean late model feature. Like, uh, I got to give the the late model drivers credit. Yep. They, I think there might have been – if there was a caution, there might have been one. Um I don't even I don't think there, there was, was one. one. I thought I'm pretty sure it went green to checkered in the late models. Like I remember, I went on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I remember Doug yeah, saying it on the radio. I brought um, I brought Kyra, and I I didn't I didn't warn her, but I was like, this could be interesting because the late models. Every time I've been there and watched them at Humberstone, they've had a a rough time to say the least. But tonight or on Saturday night, no, not the case. Andrew Hennessy gets it done. Started second, wound up first. Lettingham goes from sixth to second. Uh, Spielman ends up third, Greg Haskell fourth, and Jim Dale Jr. Uh, fifth in that 39 late model. So shout out to the late models for putting on a clean race, a competitive race, and uh, shout out to Hennessy for getting the win. Yep. Uh, my buddy Hank from my dart team, he came to his like first race ever, I think, brought his son. And after late model race, all he said was, wow, that 87 guy is really fast. Eh? Like he like he spanked him. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was, yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, yep. Uh, that's them Brayton boys in the late models. And then, yeah. Yeah, he put on a clinic for sure. Jimmy Dale in fifth. Shout um, out. Love me some Jimmy Dale. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, <laughs> we, we kind of buried the lead a little earlier in the show talking about this, but got to give a call to Adam Wesley, <laughs> who gets it done, wins it on Saturday night. Finally, after how many second places in a row, the guy finally gets the win uh, in pretty convincing fashion. Uh, Leslie Mason, James Friesen, Jay Mallory, and Terry Smith, your top five in the Sportsman on Saturday night. Yeah, so always a bridesmaid, finally the bride. Adam Leslie picks up the win. So. Yep. Awesome run for Adam. Uh, definitely wasn't in question anytime I looked up for that race. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Nelson Mason, did he lead for a bit at first? I think he did, and Adam got by him. I think he might have. I think, I think he might have let like... Yeah, uh, nothing oh actually. God. Let me tell y'all. Uh, we get past the wing crates. Yeah, he was on pole. I was right. You were right. So, that yeah, Mason led early, and then Leslie came back and got him. Um, and speaking, come back and got him. Uh, our guest a little later on the show, Chris Hale, gets it done in the Street Sox Saturday night at uh, Humberstone Speedway, winning over Ryan Beagle, Justin Ramsey, Craig Hanley, and Ron Logie. And that was a big win, right? That was the uh, Duel on the dirt yeah. combined finale. Uh, did it pay three, three grand? Three thousand to win. Three most in the pits on yeah, Saturday. So. so yeah, that's why he's on the show. Won the biggest street stock race of the year, really, paying wise. So yeah, and yeah, it's gonna be fun chat. I really know nothing Good about Chris Hale. Just uh, I've been watching him for a while. I interviewed him earlier this year when I filled in for you when he won Merrittville. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, can't wait to learn about him. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to catch up with him, talk to him, another metric car driver, yeah. uh, get his take on Wins that. Wins the 3Gs. Uh, get his take on, yeah, uh, getting his, get his take on trekking from Guelph as well to, to show up to these races. Yeah. I mean, 
He just showed up in Ashwika one night. Yeah, started going fast. Yeah. Been around ever since. Uh, all right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting his st- his story. Uh, we got to talk about some championships, though. The hardware was handed out in the Action Sprint Tour as well as the Pinty's Knights of Thunder. We'll start with the feature events, and then we'll get to the champions. Uh, in the winged crate sprints, Mike Bowman gets his uh, his desserts. Uh, he, he wins it Saturday night cleanly, convincingly, over uh, Matthew Bardier, Dale Curran, Brett Strafford, and Jacob Dykstra brings it home fifth. And so, oddly enough, with Dykstra's fifth-place finish, that's enough for him to win the championship. And he has to celebrate in victory lane alongside Mike Bowman for the <laughs> second night in a row. I don't know. I think that would probably be more annoying for Bowman than anybody, but Bowman yeah. uh, ends up getting the win. And Dykstra ends up winning with the title with seven wins, 12 top fives, 13 top tens in 14 features uh, that he attended in the uh, 5D this year. So, And that's uh, that's back-to-back championships for the 5D and Jacob Dykstra. Yeah, crazy to think that's less wins than last year. I know, right? Yeah. Weird to like say. A solid three, four um, more less. I mean, crazy. But still got her done. Do still got to go to Bristol and... Probably get to do all that fun stuff yep. again. I do want to shout out Mike Bowman, though. Technically, uh, with that tie with Dykstra, they also tied in total wins for the year. And Bowman went seven wins, eight top fives, eight top tens in nine features attempted. So, so they were the only ones those that other won. Four or five races. Yeah. Um, the only other person, Bardier, got one win. And oh, Dale Kern got a feature win. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which I think we talked about on the last show, I think it was. Yeah, how many features they run then? Must have been sixteen. Um, the most attended is fifteen. Bardier and Mutton both started fifteen, so maybe fifteen total were on the schedule. Yeah. Um. Looks like, anyways. Uh. So yeah, congrats to Jacob Dykstra, and assuming he will be down in Bristol in the spring to celebrate. Uh, On the uh, NASCAR Pinty's tour to uh, to the Cup race in Bristol, that's pretty cool. Over on uh, the 360 side, um, tell us about uh, your night first. I mean, uh, not the way you wanted it to go, I'm sure, but after the Friday night success, but uh, you were there. Yeah. Talk to us about it. Saturday, uh, they didn't do much to the track for Saturday, so it was like back to Friday night feature conditions right away in hot laps. And then Saturday, like passing was a little bit more at a premium than uh, Friday was. And uh, so, yeah, I just... Friday night I got a good draw. Like I said last week, it was going to be all about the draw. And uh, Friday night I got a good one. It ran pretty good. And Saturday I got a bad one. And ran pretty bad and just pulled off because we're running like 18th. And all those pay- positions pay the same. So I just parked it and said, that's it. Watch the rest of the race. And uh, Jordan Poirier from the pool. Wins his seventh race. Yep. In eight races. There. Yeah. And I would have liked to see what Polly could have done because Polly Giovanni, Cola Giovanni, ends up driving from sixth to second, so falls one shot, uh, one spot short. But uh, with a with maybe a bit of help from a caution or something, maybe Polly could have done something there. Um, man, that tendency is fun to watch. Like as someone who wasn't really all that aware of Polly Cola Giovanni until this year, uh, he has been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and. Uh... He's got one of the best crew chiefs in the biz for like rolling the middle and getting up to the top like that the way he does. So, uh, and Kevin Lovey's. And uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
definitely like they he passed me in the heat race on Friday, and I swear to like the attack was at like nine ninety eight hundred. Just like they are, yeah, just a her. Yep. Uh, Chuck Keeping third, Holly Porter fourth, and Matt Farnham fifth on Saturday night in the uh, Knights of Thunder finale race. And for the points over on the Knights of Thunder championship went to Mitch Brown from Brantford, Ontario. Yeah, congrats to Mitch. Uh, like they made a post on Facebook. I think Dale Cowan posted it because he junked his car in hot laps at Brighton and they had to fix it for the heat. And if they didn't do that, that would have been no championship. So that hour that they put all that stuff back together, save their championship and uh, that kind of stuff is what wins championships. So Mitch has won the Ash Weekend Championship before. I think SOS too. So no stranger to championships. And then you got second annual KOT series. Yep. Congrats, Mitch Brown. Yep. And uh, just a model of consistency too, right? Like not a very opposite season to uh, the Action Sprint Tour champion Dykstra Brown. Just one feature win, six top fives, seven top tens in nine feature events. And that was more than enough for him to get the title done by 34 points over Corey Turner. Ryan Turner ended up third. Nick Sheridan. Uh, congrats to the rookie Nick Sheridan fourth and Josh Hansen fifth in the uh, championship standings, but, uh, way to go, Mitch Brown. Uh, congrats again. And I mentioned the Turners, uh, they are part of, um, silly season uh, where it's funny. I didn't really expect to be talking about silly season, but, uh, here in the local area, we got some silly season news to talk about, uh, Corey Turner going to the 17 X. Yep. So yeah, soon, like the very next day after Umberstone. Usually they, they wait a week for that stuff. Man, they were all over it. Very next day, McMahon announced him and uh, Nathan Acklin were parting ways in the 17X after he was Nathan's first 360 driver. I think they got three wins together, almost won a championship. And, uh, yeah, they calling uh, calling it. So uh, Mac's out of a ride for the moment. Sure, he'll find something to do. Uh, otherwise, I think he still has a TQ midget that he owns anyways. And uh, I'm sure he'll find something, like I said. So, yeah, Corey Turner moving into the 17X. And uh, there was rumors like that Styers had bought the Burger Barn stuff and like Corey was going to go there. But clearly that ain't happening. So, yeah, 17X, Corey Turner. And also Jesse Costa is going there to run the crate. And as well, Gledel moving up to be 360 teammate to Corey. And they're keeping Austin Rose in the crate as well. Nice. Yeah, it's funny that all works out um, for that team. Burger Barn, it sounds like um, their future is in question as of right now. Uh, Doesn't sound like there's any specific plans laid out yet uh, for 2023 and beyond. We'll see what comes over the wintertime. Things change. Uh, But yeah, Corey Turner to the 17X. Got to assume I think Ryan Turner is probably staying in that 15 car with all the success he's had. They already announced that. Yep, Liam Martin. Number nine, Ryan Turner, fifteen. They announced that right before. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. So, uh, that's pretty awesome stuff to see that uh, situation get worked out. So, we know where both the Turners are going to be next year. Uh, We know where Darren Dryden's going to be. He's going to be joining the three hundred and sixty ranks. We reported it is official now. But uh, look at us. We're like the insiders. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't like I was talking to his crew chief, Steve Gary, it wasn't much of an, like everyone saw him roll the motor from Poirier's trailer down to theirs <laughs> at the nationals. Well, a few people did anyway, so no yeah. hiding that. So yeah, I, I didn't think it was that big of a secret when I said it and it really wasn't, but they announced it. Yeah. Officially. And I'm excited for Darren. 
congrats to yeah, them. Can't wait I, to race I think them. it's going to be great. Uh, great to see Darren up into that uh, car. And one other bit of silly season stuff that just came across uh, my Facebook feed. It looks like Mike Bowman is selling a modified. I don't know if that is his only modified in the stable right now. Uh, I don't have enough knowledge to confirm that. But uh, with the success that Mike Bowman had in the crate sprints, I mean, it's kind of, does he really need to do both? You kind of you could just stick with sprints for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am about 98% sure that's his only modified because he had bought a 2022, but that car did not have a great life. As it had to get a front clip put on it within five mm-hmm. races, I think, or four at Ransomville. And then I think a race or two after that, that Humberstone yeah. wreck where his steering box broke or whatever happened and he hit the inside wall. That was yeah. scary as heck. And that was the end of that car right there. Actually, that's not true. He did end up fixing that car and selling it to someone else bought the frame. So that car's not dead yet. That car's still living. But uh, not at Mike Bowman's, and I'm pretty sure this is the last one yet. And uh, his post was pretty hilarious and very true yeah. with when it comes to selling race cars. Yeah, so for sure. So uh, if anybody wants to buy a modified that has been well taken care of and uh, is probably pretty fast on terms of being a race car, Mike Bowman might have something for you. And as far as I know, I guess we still know, I don't think anybody's bought Cody McPherson's sportsman yet either. So uh, not that I've seen anyways. So no, we'll see what happens with that as well. Another fast car up for sale and another driver whose silly season plans have yet to be fully announced. And uh, I look forward to seeing what Cody gets up to next year. Oh, I, I yeah, he's definitely not getting out. I can say that. I know what car he bought and everything. Mike. Of used to be a number six, so maybe. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe, sort of. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, that's another rumor that we'll uh, get into at a later date. Maybe maybe we can uh, bring maybe Cody can. on with that maybe. one. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, we've got to talk about Utica Rome, uh, Cole Cup. Uh, you were down there on, what was that, Tuesday night? Yeah. That was my first trip over the border since the whole Pandy thing. So uh, definitely felt good to get back over there and just forgot how good the food tastes and stuff. We had Arby's. Mm-hmm. I swear it tastes better than over here. Way better. Like the buffalo chicken slider they had over there was just the craziest thing I've ever had. And their pop tastes nice. better. And the racing was... Yeah. Yeah. The racing it's was awesome, too. all the extra sugar and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Like Jason Barney, he came up to us, or to Humberstone the two weeks. And like back in the day when he came up, it was usually like a win or a top five. But like he struggled. Didn't get a top ten out of it. I think he was 12 Friday and loaded up for the feature on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. good turnaround for him. He was uh, definitely, like he said in Victory Lane, like how his son and crew still believes in him. If it wasn't for them, he'd hang it up. Like I was kind of hearing that kind of stuff. Like he was definitely sounding like he was doubting himself a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking about bringing the car. I wish I didn't because he won the race running the bottom just like I do. And uh, mm-hmm. the guy who builds my car, Sean Donis, finished fifth. And he, he ran really good as well. Jordan Poirier <clears throat> had a bit of an off night. He was running... <clears throat> like about 12th and then had a problem and had to pull off. And so it was definitely weird to see the old 28 not running completely up front, but Jonathan Preston led the whole race uh, running the top. And then Barney just slowly reeled him in. And uh, that race was a 30 lapper and Jason's no stranger to you to Chrome. That's like his home track race sportsman all the way up through there. So got it done. Nice. Awesome stuff. Uh, Matt Shepard destroyed them in the modified. I was going to say Not even Shepard close. just destroyed the modified. Uh, the mod- was that the modern day outlaw 50, right? So, uh, yeah, funny stuff. Um, that was like a sail panel race, but every car had sail panels. Yeah. 
but uh, he started ninth. Larry White finished second. He was the only one really close. And he wasn't even close. He was almost half track behind. But yep. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Matt got the lead about lap twenty four, and then see ya. Yep. Uh, and then over the next night, uh, over at Brewerton, no, the same night, Weedsport. Well, I was gonna first night. I was gonna talk about Brewerton. Brewerton was the fifth, right? Okay, which yeah. is Wednesday. Weedsport was technically the first night. Okay, so let's like go the same night as you to Corona. Right, let's go Weedsport first then, because I won't mix it yeah. up. Um, A local wins both nights. Let me fill you in, <laughs> just in different classes. Okay, and and go for it. Oh, you want me to start? Yeah, you go okay, with the Weedsport. So, yeah. I forget who wins. Yeah, Weedsport. I forget who won the Modifieds. Uh, I know Cody Sports or Cody McPherson won the Sportsman. He, picked up 2500 bucks, 75 lap Sportsman special up there. Yep. And uh, the Modifieds was uh, Max and McLaughlin. Yeah, you got it. I just, because I just rewatched the feature on Dirt Vision right before this. I just had to clue into my memory. He started 12th and won. Matt was up to like six or so, had a problem. And uh, Ronnie Davis Jr., was running real good, and then he clipped the inside wall, pulled the Travis Cunningham, and then he had to park it, which sucked because he led a whole bunch of it. And then, uh, yeah, little remnants of my season there. I felt bad for him. and definitely knew what it felt like for him, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, main thing there, Cody, picking up the win. Nelson Mason was also ninth. Yeah. So a local guy there. Pretty impressive because I, I yeah. think that – was that his very first trip to weed sport too? Did he make one earlier in the yeah, season? Yeah, and I got to tell this story. Sorry, Nelson, because we were right behind him at the border going over the – Fort Erie Bridge, and uh, he got his trailer just a little bit stuck at the border and had a little ordeal trying to get out of there. But uh, just to see, it was just him and his dad in their little, whatever you want to call that trailer with like the ramps, like a car hauler trailer, open trailer, nothing fancy. There was like over 50 sportsmen there, and he pulls it down there and wheels her up to ninth. So pretty, ins- pretty awesome. Pretty stuff. Me. And uh, to clarify, like literally stuck, not just stuck in customs or something like that. Like you watch no, the trailer like, get yeah. stuck at the bridge, eh? Yeah, like the back 16th of the trailer, yeah. like not much, just the last little bit of it got cocked when he was trying, because the Peace Bridge is way tighter. Anyone with a trailer, if you're going to the Peace Bridge, don't go to the left lanes like you used to be able to. You have to go to the RV lane or get in the truck lane, because you ain't going to make that turn. No way. You're going to rip your trailer apart on the booth. Go to the right-hand side at the Peace Bridge, because you can't do it no more at the regular lanes with the trailer, because you used to be able to, no problem. So, yeah. Up to that. And then, yeah, Nelson got her caught, but he got it straightened out. Only took him about five minutes. Had just pulled the truck around. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then definitely felt felt for him on that. Well, I hope he continues to uh, kick butt down there, represent well, get some more experience because uh, it's been a heck of a season for the guy. Uh, somebody else that it's like this goes without saying, but Matt Williamson is just having a, a fantastic year. He gets it done at Brewerton on uh, the fifth, uh, winning that one over Max McLaughlin. Uh, Tim Sears, and that was the top three there. Uh, I don't did Cody was in the Brewerton race, I think, as well for the Sportsman. No, yeah, just a little bit of an off night for Cody. But in the Sportsman, but uh, someone we should Nelson out. Mason won his heat in the Sportsman. Yeah, I was gonna say so. So Cody finishes ninth. Got to give a shout out to uh, Justin Sharp, who's running uh, what ninth is an off night with fifty cars. Sorry about that, Cody. Yeah, I know, right? The standard. He had a loaded heat too, as well. Crazy standard. I remember thinking that about Cody's heat last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he probably thinks the same way though. So yeah, for sure. He definitely would. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty competitive guy. Justin Sharp, uh, brings it mm-hmm. home 12th. Got to give him a shout out. And, uh, yeah. Jessica power ended up 26th. Yeah. Shout out to all those guys. Like I said, Nelson Mason winning is he as well. Sharpie won the 
B-Main, as I like to call it, but they call it the last chance showdown, but it's a B-Main to me. And he was running the top, and it was really exciting to watch him in there. So uh, they wheeled her up to 12th from the B-Main starting spot. So Yep, and Brad Rouse, yep. too. Uh, don't forget Brad Rouse also was in that yeah, one. Yeah, there's so many down there. Trevor Wright was there, too. We didn't qualify. He had a little mishap in the heat, but he's got her fixed. Going to give Oswego a try. And I'm sure we're missing people. There was a ton of locals down there. Good to see that at Dirt Week again, finally. Yeah. All the locals down there representing like, oh, love to see it. Finally, finally, guys. I think Oof, there's, you think there's geez. like uh, some, some people that was that rough. rattled. I was going to say probably rattled that uh, you're like, oh, really? Now we open the border. You guys come down here kicking our butts again. Yeah, well, Matt's always think- been kicking their butt. He's been the one that's been able to do it. And they kicked their butts last night. Three in a row now. I think he's won that race. They're saying that some tie in Alan Johnson with some thing on the broadcast mm-hmm. last night, about three in a row. But uh, he had a little run in with Mahaney earlier in the race, called him whatever he called him, dishes and pans or pans and whatever in victory Pots lane. It's pretty funny. Pots and pans. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Funny stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Maddie Williamson. Uh, and then uh, so far today, as we record this, qualifying is in the books. Friesen gets uh, fast time. Matt Williamson third. And uh, Gary Lindbergh fifth on the speed charts. Yeah. Definitely. Gary Lindbergh's always fast at Oswego. I think I said that last week. Or did, yeah. Or I yeah. said it at some point. But anyway, yeah. I thought Matt was going to get the pull after his uh, yesterday sweeping. Every time he was on the track, he was quick time, big block or small block. But uh, yeah, he was third, which is fine. You're still locked in the heat. You get a front row starting spot mm-hmm. in your heat race, which I'm literally watching on Dirt Vision at the minute as it's just starting to show a picture of a rain drops in the lights. So. Might not get to watch 358 heats tonight, but yeah, Matt's gonna be an outside row on that. Stewie's on the pole. What's that put Lindbergh? Trip, um, they're twins, so he'll be second row inside. Yeah, so yeah, all good spots. They're all in, there so it's be, just set. There would be third row anyway. They're all in, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all that matters. Try not to wreck because then they're gonna start in the exact <laughs> same spots where they're locked in. Yep, yeah, uh. And then uh, past champions, Big Block Modifieds, also ran their hot laps. Uh, Freeze in second, Williams in fourth, or uh, fifth over there uh, in that limited uh, run of uh, hot laps. That is all we have up to date so far in Super Dirt Week. More to come. Uh, Obviously, Travis, you didn't end up going down there, so uh, we'll be following it from afar a little bit and taking it all in. And in the meantime, uh, I think it's about time we catch up with our guest this week, Christopher Hale. Hey, do you like what you're hearing? Want to support the Southern Ontario Dirt Show and help us expand our coverage across the province and Western New York? Well, your ad could be playing right here. Got a brand or business that deserves more attention? Email us, southernontariodirtshow at gmail.com to become a sponsor of the podcast. And now, let's get back to the show. And we are back on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Jonathan Howe, Travis Cunningham, joined by Chris Hale, driver of the number 79, Thunderstock, Streetstock, Hoosier Stock, whatever you want to call it. You can call this guy a winner because he uh, usually finds himself at the front of the field wherever he races. So uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I, uh, I appreciate it a lot. Coming on, uh, a big, big win on uh, Saturday night at uh, Humberstone Speedway. 3,000 to win. You, you wrap it up. Uh, tell us about the drive uh, on and making it out and, and beating maybe the most intense field of street stock drivers we've seen this year has been fantastic for your class. Yeah, no, you can't argue with the car counts. Like, Oshweekin, every Friday night, it's been an amazing car count. Brighton's been killing it, too. 
Um, we ended up going to Humberstone for the 3,000 to win, uh, taking home top spot. So yeah, we can't complain anything about that. It was, uh, it was a great race. It's nice to have those events where guys come in from other tracks, try and barn storm, come in and take the money. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we got her done and, uh, yeah, it was a great show. Great competition. Just tell us a little bit about the race. Like I didn't catch much of it. I was getting ready. Or I was packing up for my race, but I saw that you were leading it all. But to just tell, like, where'd you start and uh, tell us about any battles throughout the race and everything? Yeah, no, so I got lucky enough to uh, draw number six coming through the gate for, for my heat race and ended up leading my uh, the fourth heat all the way to the end uh, with Dave Bailey just, just behind me, which being a duel on the dirt race, if you win your heat race, you get an extra two points. So it was pretty crucial to do well in your heat race and I was lucky enough to redraw third for the main event so um yeah pretty much from the start uh, Don, uh Donnie Lamon he led the race and uh I was just trying to figure a way around him and uh Ryan Beagle came from seventh in uh, I think like three laps on the outside and uh, kind of showed a line up there so I uh I followed around or I followed uh Beagle around Donnie Lamon and uh and I got to the inside of uh, of Beagle, so we ended up taking the lead on lap seven or eight, and uh, we didn't look back. Awesome. Um, I, I knew Beagle was there for the for the most part. Uh, a couple times when we'd hit lap traffic, pretty pretty uh, condensed. There was just nowhere to go, and he'd make a move to the outside. But uh, the bottom was where it was at. The grip was down there coming out of the corners. I knew as long as I didn't give up the bottom, uh, there wasn't a lane for Beagle to get around. So, but, uh, no, it was, it was a lot of lap cars. I think we had 31 cars start the event and, um, and I think we lapped all the way up to seventh before we even had a caution. So, so, uh, you know what, it was, it was a great run. And then, uh, yeah, we, we came back through the field again on a long green flag run. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, there was a caution with three three laps to go. And uh, yep. Beagle did make an attempt on the outside, but there just wasn't enough out there for him. So, Did you have any fear that, uh, you know, like, I feel like Ryan's got the reputation of being a pretty clean guy. That's the last thing he's going to do. But for 3,000, did you have any fear that he might uh, give you the bumper at any point, try to give a bump and run to get you out of the way? Um, I thought he might give a little bit of a harder tap than what he did, um, personally. Um, because I mean, $3,000, when we race for 500 on a regular night, uh, 3000 is a pretty big payday. I know I'd probably bump a guy a little bit harder, but, uh, no, I'll give it the Beagle. That guy is super clean. He wants to pass you clean. And, um, it's just not, not his style. I mean, this whole year at, uh, at Oshweek and the guy... I, I, there, there's barely a mark on the guy's car. So him, him and Dave both, they're behind me. Uh, Dave was there a little bit after uh, watching the video until his flex plate uh, blew up, but um, which then took out his transmission. But uh, yeah, both, both of those guys, they race clean. Uh, I, I had no doubt that they would, uh, that they wouldn't take you out, even if it's three thousand. It just, it, it's more. Ryan Beagle and I had a conversation afterwards, and he says there's there's no way I, I'd spin you for more and more money. So uh, no, it, it, both of them were were very clean. Awesome. So uh, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I like know nothing about you. Like one night you showed up at Osh Weekend and you just started going fast. And uh, I remember seeing your trailer a couple of times at the Tim Hortons, I think, on uh, whatever that one is, Wilson Road, coming out of the track there. I think I've seen you there a few times. But uh, just tell us where your racing got started and your whole rise up to where you're at now. Uh, so racing kind of started for me. Um, so my dad, he raced street stock, uh, Canadian modified at, at Brighton. I was just a young kid, always helping him out. And then he went to pro stock, um, a little bit after that at Brockville and Cornwall. So I grew up around the Kingston area. Um, and then I crewed for a guy named Chris Rabby and, uh, who runs 358. I crewed for him for about 10 years, did the whole travel thing. This is one of the first years that I haven't gone to the super dirt week, just with I, I ended up having a kid and I haven't been able to make my way down there since. But um, I crewed for him for about 10 years, a lot of success. And then uh, I moved this uh, down to Cambridge area for work. So I figured, well, it's my turn to get behind the wheel. In 2016, I, uh, I bought a Thunderstock off of one of the guys at Oshweekin and uh, for like $5,000 is race ready. Um, ran my first rookie season. I, I think I made every race. And uh, it was looking good, but the motor was tired. So I bought a, bought a new motor in 2017. Um, had a good season. I think we won uh, four events, which I took home the Brock Leonard Memorial and the, um, the Duel on the Dirt race I won there at, at Oshweekin. And then we uh, ended up, it was a great season that I ended up going to Southern Ontario Motor Speedway to start the season uh, the, the, the next year. And I was going for the lead and made contact with the one guy, broken axle, and I had to reclip the back of the car. Mm. So uh, I remember that. I had to cut my car apart in one, and uh, pretty much it was the start of the 2019 season at Oshweek, and I had to cut the car right in half, rebuild half of it in one week. And uh, it just never been the same since. So yeah, 2019 was a, a hard year for us. 2020 with COVID, we kind of found some speed back in the car, but there wasn't really any events to run. And uh, last year we we had great success by uh, finishing up front all the time, but never taking home a win. So uh, it was nice this past year. We got got two wins, one at Maryville, this big one. Always there at Oshweekin in the top five, but. Uh, Dave and uh, Beagle, they, they kind of stole the show there. They were, they were gone at Oshweek. I, I don't know. I didn't know how to catch them, and uh, I tried a bunch of different things. But, um, yeah, they are gone, and, and that's where we are today. So, Yeah, that's cool about the Rabbi. I didn't know about that. So, uh, yeah, he definitely learned how to win over there. Yeah, yeah it's uh, crewing for him. I, I will say I've learned so much on on setup. It it. it it helps you and it hurts you at the same time because when I crewed for him for 10 years, we were changing torsion bars in the pits, shocks. They'd throw, we'd throw weird, weird setups at the car and it'd just work. And I'll give it to, the, to, to Chris. He can drive almost any modified out there, whether it's handling good or not. He figures out a way to get the most out of it. But um, yeah, I, I'm trying to take some of that information put it towards my race program it uh it can help you because you think you can try something but then sometimes you get a little too far away from what you should be doing so yeah that's racing 
Yeah. <laughs> Especially when, when, you're, when you're not winning. That, that's yeah. the hardest part. When you're not winning, even, even if you're on a podium, like third place, you're like, two guys beat you tonight. You, you want to try something next week because you want to be the guy out front, right? Yep. So. And then for yeah. every time you go forward, you go backwards twice, it seems. But sometimes yeah, it's yeah, I, I will say for the three thousand to win, um, the night that I won at Merrittville, uh, I kinda went back to that same setup and then brought that out and I made a few tweaks as the night went on and uh so yeah, and it ended up working really well. I, I will say the type of track that Humberstone was that night with just grip right against the guardrail was a very similar track. Yeah. The, I, I almost want to say it was an advantage for the coil cars that night. So, yeah, so. you definitely showed it. Three grand richer. That's like yeah. six features, right? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was a big one. I, I'll say, yeah, biggest, biggest so far. The Brock Leonard was pretty big, <laughs> but uh, how much does that one uh, pay? This, Two grand. Brock Leonard. That one was uh, two. Yes, oh, five grand in two races. Oh, hell, if you're gonna win and win the big ones, yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've I've ended up getting, or I've gotten uh, six wins so far in a Thunderstock, and uh, three of them have been over $1,000, so. Nice. That's the way yep. to do it. <laughs> yeah, when the money's on the line, I guess I uh, come out. Yeah, turn it up. That's awesome. That's a great, great way to have it. Um, something funny that's happened for us for, I think this makes it three to one in terms of Thunderstock drivers that we've had on the show who run the metric car so uh talk to us about uh the metric car that you you drive and um i'm assuming that's the, still the same car minus the fact you had to reclip the back but uh it's the same car you bought back in 2017 did you have any interest in going towards you know like one of those camaro uh trans am style bodies um yeah so kind of the way things were shaping up this year i was kind of getting tired of finishing third to fifth at Oshweekin, so um, I was considering buying a, a Camaro for, for next season. Uh, just the biggest differences is the front end geometry on, on them. Uh, they're a, a better geometry over the, uh, over the metric. And the, the problem with the metric, I find you have to drive them so aggressive. You can't just sit there and coast and try and hit, hit your marks and try and be super clean. Um, if you don't drive them aggressive, they, they just don't stick. You end up getting in a four wheel slide. Um, but when you do hit them, they, they work. They are, they're great. And the nice thing about them, like, because I like to make quite a few adjustments as the track is changing. Um, there's a lot more adjustability on those cars over the, over the Camaros. So, uh, I was considering a Camaro, but, uh, I'm probably just going to be sticking with the metric right now. I kind of, like, like I said, I, I kind of figured out something here that, that really worked well. And um, I think it just needs a, a fresh mill underneath the, underneath the hood. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of going to be for 2023. So, Metric car lives. Awesome. I mean, it's kind of hard to go away. It's kind of hard to go away from a car that wins you $3,000. Exactly. Right? And uh, e even like I was saying to Ryan Beagle, like we're looking at that track. And so his Gen 3 is a, a coil car as well. Mm -hmm. so we're looking at it and we're uh kind of saying like if, if we get a lot of tracks like that um the, the coils can be a bit of an advantage over the the leaf spring so yeah it, it just depends on how the tracks are being prepped that year too like i found 
this year at Osh Weekend that there's a lot more bite in the track than there has been in previous years. So maybe maybe we'll have a real dry dry year next year, and it'll be a, a the better way to go. You got some charmers? You want me to go? Oh, I was just gonna. I was actually gonna follow up with that a little bit. Um, I. It's funny that you mentioned. Um, you know the adjustability of of the metric car, and for me, I think the biggest thing watching your division is that you have to be flexible, and that these the field is so so evenly tight. But the one thing you mentioned that was that you know you have to drive the car more aggressively. Is that in your driving style to be in a more aggressive? you know driver who's going to be able to make that car lean on itself and, and rotate the way you need or do you think maybe the camaro actually might suit your better your driving style a bit better because you want to be more smooth and consistent like a dave bailey is yeah it's um it's like a catch-22 i i do like driving aggressive i like getting uh like into the corners and uh making the car work for for you um the only problem is when when you switch over to uh, to Camaro, and it it's been a problem. I feel like in a lot of the classes is that the cars are starting to get pretty pricey. Like if you want to run up front, you got to go out and buy the best, right? Or or you're kind of putting yourself at a bit of a disadvantage. You you can do it do it yourself and hope that you kind of get lucky. But Concept One builds a pretty good chassis. Like guys at Brighton, like Justin Ramsey. Actually, I don't say maybe the top three guys there are all running concept one chassis even uh Merrittville, a lot of those guys all have yeah. uh have top-notch chassis from builders so uh, yeah it's it's kind of tough i i uh, i'd like to say maybe that uh camaro would, would suit my driving style a bit better but um it'd be almost like starting over again too i i don't know a lot about the leaf spring how the leaf spring works there's uh, a lot of improvements that guys have kind of found out some neat little tricks recently to get those uh, cars to bite better. Um, but uh, like, like I said, the, the metric is, it, it's just so hard too that you can't really talk to too many other drivers because no one else is doing well in a, in a metric. So you're kind of on an island all by yourself. Yeah, okay, my last enough. one for you. So like, I didn't know you were from the Brighton area. I always thought like for you were from the Buxton area for some reason because you live in Guelph. Yeah, I never put that together. So who were like you mentioned your dad? Who were your other heroes growing up in the racing? Um, you know what, barefoot Bob McCready. Oh, I, I love it. That guy, Can Am. Yeah. Um, Tim McCready, his son. Uh, he, he's always been like I always used used to love watching him when he was running up in the north. Um, I got to meet uh, Bob McCready quite a bit. Uh, he's helping out his uh, his other son, uh, Jordan, a lot at Can-Am. So back 10 years ago, they'd be hitting a couple down from us. And that's the guy that I watched all the time. I, that guy dominated in Modifieds. Uh, yeah, he, he was always a good shoe. Um, other guys that, uh, like, higher up, I always liked uh, watching Dale Earnhardt. Me too. He was always, uh, yeah, just watching him. I, I was, Sorry, I was John. still young when when he when he passed, but uh, yeah, I know. still watching those old tapes and stuff like that. The Dominator, he was, is pretty cool. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Well, we'll get you out of here on this one, Chris. Uh, so I'm gonna give you the opportunity. You can drive any car 
any any car it doesn't matter what it is one car one racetrack for the rest of your life what's your combination that you pick um I, i'd probably say i'd love to try like a world outlaw late model at eldora speedway like those those guys all right yeah going there like that track looks awesome tony stewart has it looking top notch and uh no it, it'd be pretty cool to to drive a late model i, I uh, just, just the way they, they work and to pretty much have your foot in it, into it to get them to turn is, is pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, does that mean you uh, may have some late models here locally in your future that you'd want to try? Or do you want to stick with just the street stocks for, uh, I know you mentioned for 2023, that's the plan, but late models may be the goal eventually. Um, I, I'd love to run a late model. I mean, Southern Ontario has uh, a, competitive class down there i mean the problem with their rule book is being the ump late models like they're just the motor bills can get get crazy um yeah honestly if, if there's something that i would like to do in the future like near future would be uh the 602 crate class it looks competitive it looks affordable um biggest problem is like i, I do have a, a crew guy or two crew guys that that helped me out quite a bit and they'd be committed, but I do know when you make the jump into sprint car, you kind of need somebody there every night guaranteed to, to push you over to the At line. least one person to ride the quad. That's for sure. One person to ride the quad. And, uh, yeah, it's just the, the, the 602 crate just looks, looks so, so cool. And it's affordable for a lot of guys. That's what I like about them. Mm-hmm. They, they're not too expensive. Uh, I'd almost say in a way they're almost cheaper than a, a Thunderstock. You, you guys would probably tell me different, but, uh, at least with a Thunderstock, if you hit the wall, it's going to go and cost you, it will probably cost you less than a thousand bucks, but do you know when you hit the wall in a sprint car, it's, it's probably a new car. So mm-hmm. that's the difference. You nail yeah. it. Yeah, it's different, but but no, I, yeah, I, I'm not not too sure exactly what's uh, what next class that I'd like to jump into, but uh, I I already own everything for Thunderstock, and uh, you know with the payouts the way they are, uh, it, it's affordable. So yep. nice. Well, we wish you best of luck into 2023. Uh, congratulations again on picking up the big check at uh, Humberstone on Saturday night. And thanks for taking the time tonight, Chris. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be watching for sure. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. Take care, man. All right. Talk to you guys later. And the checkered is out on another episode of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for future episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Have a question for the show? Email us, Southern Ontario Dirt Show at gmail.com. Thanks for supporting local racing in Southern Ontario, and we'll see you at the track.